630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. McDavid centers. What timer score? Oscar Clefbaum and Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time it's Clefbaum. He takes the snap. He looks to the right side. He's throwing to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown, Eskimos. Duke Williams. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Stanley Cup final rematch tonight. Golden Knights and Capitals just about to get underway. Coyotes and Ducks later. And in the first period, Ottawa leads Philadelphia 1-0. Oilers finally back at it tomorrow. They will take on the Boston Bruins 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. And then the game will start at 5. Your Edmonton Oil Kings in action tonight. They will visit Portland in a couple of hours. 6-4 loss for the Oil Kings last night against Tri-City. Pavel Bure, and here he comes against I'll tell you a crazy stat. I'm not much of a stat person, but uh, uh, I've had ten, 10 penalty shots in my career. I've uh, stopped three of them, and every time I've made the three saves, I've lost. So penalty shots are meaningless, and they don't mean if you're going to win or lose. Yes, not much of a stats person, but here's every shot I've faced in my entire life. So, Kelly, what's your record on Wednesday night games that started at 7? <laughs> okay, that I don't recall, but... Uh... Yeah, it was interesting. I, I, and I think I, uh, I, I know at one point, Reed, I held the record for most penalty shots faced, and I don't know if I still hold that record, but I think it's something like twelve, and I ended up, I think six and six or something like that ballpark. I, I could be wrong, but, and it, that was a funny thing that you know you ran that clip, and that really occurred to me. I think I only won one game ever when I stopped a penalty shot, so it really. It seems like an important moment in the game, and yet I don't know if it actually influences the outcome at all. Well, it's I guess if you break it down after the game, the, each coaching staff would consider it a grade-A scoring chance, just like a two-on-one or a yeah. shot from the slot. But everybody stops to watch it, right? It has the, it has the yeah. feel of a momentum swing, whether it actually yeah. does or not, I guess depends on the game. He was such an unbelievable star. He came in, and he was maybe one of the uh, unique kind of guys that he had a, a different skill set because the game was played a little bit differently. It was wide open, of course, but he was the first guy really to be a true speedster. And uh, not only could he handle the puck and speed, but he had creativity. But one of my favorite memories about Burray, and he had plenty of breakaways on me when I played for uh, L.A. and we in the same uh, smite division, but... Uh, the 93 playoffs, um, we had a young rookie on our team, Alex Jitnik. I don't know if you remember yeah, him. I remember him. Yep. Yeah, excellent left-handed shooting defenseman on our team. Uh, and we also had Rob Blake and Daryl Sador, so we were really in good shape for uh, our young defense. But anyways, Jitnik, because he was a fellow countryman of Bure, he really loved the challenge of facing uh, Pavel Bure. So, Bure didn't score in that series. Uh, he had a, a, a few chances, but not many. All I remember is every single time Bure was out, Barry Melrose would send over Alex Jitnik, and I had the luxury of having the best seat in the house watching this kid 
just basically own one of the best players in the game. And it was very frustrating for Burray to think here's, uh, I think Alex might have been about 19 or 20 years old, uh, just dominate him. He was a, Alex was a great skater by his own right. He had great offensive player, and he had a phenomenal NHL career because of all those reasons. You know, I, I love that you bring that up, and that's one of the things that I enjoy about talking hockey. And obviously, you know, five seasons of, of doing the postgame show with Rob Brown, you know, a lot of fans have great observations and, and pick things apart. And sure, sometimes, well, why was that defenseman out against this guy? Why was this forward taking this face off when you left this guy on the bench? Sometimes players ask to be put in that situation or a coach is going to say, you know what, I know he's... Uh, He's 40% face-offs on the year, but last time he played this team, he was 75%. So, you know, there's all those little things that, that coaches yeah. might have in their minds that uh, p- people observing it might not realize they're basing their decisions on. Yeah, and sometimes if a player is really confident against a certain uh, player uh, because maybe they have some sort of history, there's a good reason why he might go up to the coach and say, listen, I'm pretty familiar with this guy. And in the past, I've had a lot of success against them. You might want to, I know you've got your plan and so on, but you might want to consider I'm a pretty good option too. And so that's pretty cool when you can have that uh, sort of conversation and then go out and, uh, and do the job that you've just told the coach that you're capable of doing. But uh, sometimes it's like I remember Doug Bodger, another fantastic, great player. And uh, we were playing uh, in Vancouver when McGilney was there. And McGilney was uh, still lighting up the league after he had all that great success in Buffalo early on. And here's McGilney, one-on-one against Doug Bodger. It's like a 2-1 game. We're nursing this lead in the third period. And McGilney tries this really cool move. And Doug, he, he, what he did, instead of keeping his stick out in front of him and having a gap of maybe two or three feet between the skates, Doug, just before McGillney started making all these moves, Doug just pulled in a stick and basically put the blade right against his toes of his skate. And McGillney went back and forth and then basically just ran into Doug's stick. And I, after the game, I, was, I know I didn't describe it very well, uh, Reed, but afterwards I went to Doug after. I go, how'd you make that look so easy? He goes, Kelly, I played against him, I don't know how many times in practice. He loves that move. Uh-huh. So, you know, certain little things like that, right? And, you know, McGillney, I'm sure... Maybe at that moment forgot, but he had uh, been against Doug many times in practice, and Doug knew uh, the way to stop that play. Most defensemen uh, wouldn't have known because they hadn't faced him in practice uh, 3,000 times. Yeah, that's that's a great story for sure. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports Analyst with the NHL on Rogers, former NHL goaltender. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's 612. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Edmonton Oilers will finally play game number two on the season tomorrow they will visit the Boston Bruins who are two and one to start the season okay uh, I mean you you knew that there had to be some time allowed for travel Kelly for the Oilers to get back to North America and and get the body clocks going and everything Um, so that's you know a a realistic uh, part of this gap but you know that long wait between games especially after a bit of a stinker good or bad do you think uh, it, it's too long, in all in all honesty. I think that these players are machines, right? So I think that they could have come back and uh, played sooner. I, I don't doubt that they thought that they could have played uh, tonight or, or even yesterday because they're in such great shape. You don't really enjoy practicing that much. You don't get as much out of it. Uh, and I think that they were probably ready to go and just work their bodies through it uh, by playing a game. I mean... 
I understand the league's uh, stance on this, and they're trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, and hopefully they acclimate at some point. But, you know, players will tell you, let's just play. It's not unlike, you know, you travel across the continent, and instead of uh, just taking the rest of the day off, players will go work out. And if, if they can't have ice, they'll go work out because you need to sweat and get your body used to uh, uh, the time zone that you're in. Well, and I mean, it was kind of funny for the Oilers. Sunday was a travel day. They practiced Monday and then took yesterday off, and then we're back out there today. And obviously they'll have the morning skate and the game uh, tomorrow as they'll try to stop the Boston Bruins. I'm going to play a clip later this uh, half hour, Kelly, about Zdeno Chara talking about some of the younger players in the league, how, how talented they are coming in. He actually said that McDavid could have played, could have got 80 points in the NHL when he was 16, which is which is quite a compliment from Chara. He's right. seen a lot of great players, but his, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if this is his last year or not. He's 41 years of age. He's uh, over 1,500 games when you factor in the playoffs, and uh, you know his longevity is 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 pretty amazing. And I, and, I, and I know there are more players than ever before because of all the teams and guys are in better shape than ever before. But when a guy like him, the first number of his age is a four and he's still a pretty good player. It's, it's quite impressive. He was born uh, with the genetics as well. You know, you look at that guy's body and you probably watch videos of him on uh, YouTube and uh, he's just an absolute machine. So he was blessed. Uh, in that regard, he's a great hockey mind. He's kind of like Patty Marlowe. Um, Patty Marlowe has, uh, knock on wood, been uh, almost injury-free his entire career. So a lot of that is uh, how he takes care of himself, but uh, also genetics. And so Patty has the unique uh, opportunity, if he wants to, and if his body holds up, uh, to break Gordie Howe's record for most games played in National Hockey League. And that, can, that, can, uh, that includes uh, is it three work stoppages for Patty? Uh, for sure. Yeah, I think it would be, yeah. Yeah, two. Two. So you think a season and a half lost. So he would be getting awfully close to Bobby Hull, or, uh, or Gordie Howe's record, sorry. And uh, it's just phenomenal because uh, you know the body just isn't meant to take that kind of abuse for this long. Yeah, pretty impressive stuff. Uh, quickly, uh, Flames 3 nothing in Nashville. I think they usually do pretty well in Nashville. I know Goudreau was over, all over the highlight reel once for getting hit. Yeah. <laughs> Great move as, as well. Take us through that game, Kelly. Right. Yeah, you know, Calgary played really well yesterday. I thought that was by far the first uh, or best first period of the season. Um, and in the third, I thought that they, they didn't bend very uh, badly. They were uh, in great shape. Uh, you know, they didn't give national uh much of a push in the third although i'll say national really took it to him in the second because they had some uh, power play opportunities but uh you might want to watch uh this valamaki defenseman he is excellent in fact uh planes had a three five on three they had to kill off uh in the second period and valamaki was one of the defensemen out there he's uh just going to be a real star for the planes down the road all right well, unfortunately, we still got to wait a few weeks here for the first Battle of Alberta. But, well, we've waited a long time just to have the Oilers play their second game of the year. So we look forward to that tomorrow. <laughs> Kelly, hope you had a great uh, Thanksgiving. I know you had to travel, but I uh, hope it was, uh, was a good one. And, of course, we will do this again next week, and I'll have to try and find another highlight to start your interview. <laughs> okay, thanks, Reed. Always great talking to you, bud. That is Kelly Rudy checking in tonight once a week here on Inside Sports. Love having him on the show. And it's uh, it's interesting, Kellen. I don't tell him 
and I don't do the highlight every time he's on. Right. But I never tell him what it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he has ever not been able to place what the highlight was, what happened. He'll often, he, I don't think he's ever had the exact date down, but he, he's right. got the month and the year or things that were happening around that time. And it always sets him off on a, on a bit of a story. And he and uh, I'll have to double check that. I, I think... I think Mark Andre Fleury might have now the record for most penalty shots stopped. So obviously mm. he would have faced more than Kelly, but I know Kelly did have that record for a while for sure. Hey, I'm happy to hear from you this evening as well. It is 617. You can text 63630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. You'll hear Zdeno Chara talking about Connor McDavid playing in the NHL at the age of 16. Chara thinks it would have been possible. For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. First period has just ended in Ottawa, 1-1 between the Senators and the Flyers. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Don't forget former Oilers goaltender Andy Moog on the show tonight. That'll be uh, in the half hour between 7.30 and 8. Looking forward to catching up with Andy. You can text 630-630. Richard writing in, he says, Hey, Reed, it's an early Christmas miracle, but I can still tune into 630 Chet, and I am north of Red Earth Creek right now. Now, Kellen, off the top of your head, do you know where Red Earth Creek is? No, but I would assume it's far north. It is almost as far north as Fort McMurray, but more uh, more almost directly above Edmonton, just a little wow. bit northwest of Edmonton. So there we go. And I just quickly uh, did a Google map here. Red Earth Creek uh, has an airport. I assume an international airport. Excellent. Another question for you, Kellen. Go ahead. Should we adopt those dogs? Did we adopt those should, dogs? Should we adopt them? Um, for inside sports. They'd be the inside sports dogs. You know the dogs I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. They're, they're probably the biggest news story of the year. I mean... These three dogs up for adoption. Gasket, Gunther... And Goliath, three mm-hmm. Saint Bernards. That, they if, can't if you be want, separated. They're like a ho- they're like a hockey line. Yeah, you can't separate them. No, absolutely. That's a big line. That's a fourth line right there. That's 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 a that's a grind line. That's, that's a grind that's, line. That's, that's they they play some heavy hockey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> they're like dogs on a bone with that puck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. Beautiful animals. So they, so they can't be split up because they will get anxiety. Is that that's kind of like you and me? No. Well, when we're not together, we seek each other out. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> I guess we're not quite as attached. No, no. a pretty neat story. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm a big uh, a big dog lover. But I think they need a, a bigger yard than what my property could. By the way, this was months ago, but. Uh, I had I happened to I happened to. It's a flashback, everybody. Yeah, this is. But (laughs) you know, pardon the pun, but I got a small small bone to pick with you. Uh, Months ago. (laughs) Well, you've been sitting on this a while. Yeah, this is around fringe time. Months ago, uh, I'm down at the fringe and I see you wandering through this crowd of people by the uh, Varscona feeder. Okay. So I'm yelling your name and. I don't know if you ignored me or you didn't hear me or what. But... No recollection. Okay, so you didn't hear me. I'm sorry. I definitely would have acknowledged you in public, as well, I have before, like at the Guns N' Roses concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. I'm sorry. I did not see you. Oh, okay. I'm sorry you've been sitting I, on that for so long. Uh, it just popped back into my mind for <laughs> some odd reason. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He totally ignored me at the at the fringe this year. Well, uh, my but, apologies. I will nah, not do okay. that to you in public. No, that's, a, that's fine. Uh, Kevin from Stoney says, are they super dogs? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully more proficient than the super dogs, Kevin. And uh, this texture says, that would be a rough line. Ooh. Gasket, Gunther, and Goliath, the three St. Bernards. Well, I do hope they get a happy home. Uh, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big dog lover. It's just an, it's just an interesting story. I, I had never really heard of that of dogs uh, being unable to be separated. Shows you what I know. Here's the uh, little uh, snippet of audio I was talking about: the great Zidano Chara on. Connor McDavid. Look at Connor, like he's 18 year old. He could probably play the NHL at 16. If you really look at it, he could he could have played at 16 um, uh, because he's, he was so advanced. Um, but because of the rules and legal stuff, he couldn't. But now he's 18 and he's leading up the league, you know, 100 points every year. So he would come in as a 16 year old. He would have probably 80 points. As 17 year old, we have 90 points, and now he will. Yeah. So so that's the difference. Like, did he need? Did he need? Um, 100 games? No, he didn't any games. He was <laughs> first game. He was very, very much noticeable, right? Zdeno Chara, high praise for Connor McDavid. Oilers Bruins tomorrow. Bob Beers on the show next. Color analyst with Bruins Hockey on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Don't forget Andy Moe coming up in just over an hour. And how would you like to be a stats guy for a professional? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Action. Well, Brian Desjardins does that job for the Eskimos. He'll tell his story as well. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, I just got a text about the Eskimos from Deepak from Toronto. says, hi, Reed. It pains me to watch the Eskimos. They are wasting Riley's talents. Can the O-line give Riley three steamboats to throw the ball? And don't get me started on the defense. Recently played well, but overall in the season played too much zone, and opponents abused that. Fire the defensive coach and Jason Moss as well. That is from Deepak in Toronto, perhaps the most passionate CFL fan in that entire city. Uh, I'll tell you what, Deepak, the defense has uh, gotten better, so I think you got to give the coach, Mike Benavides, some credit for that. Unfortunately, the offense has not. Uh, no one's getting fired or brought back until after the season. They're going to play these three games, hopefully playoff games, and then see what happens from there. Uh, SAS Pred from Cochrane says, Kellen made me snort my coffee. I don't know what specifically, but you said several amusing things. There we go. So that's good for you. Well, hopefully it didn't make too much of a mess of wherever it was. And Lyle says, I wonder how many tons of clinkers you would have to clean up in the springtime after those three big hound dogs. Yeah. Clinkers? That's the terminology now? Yeah. That'd be a lot of cleaning. I, I, I have never... I have never used that term to describe 
my dog's leavings, shall we say. All right. Well, that's what he meant, wasn't it? Do you walk them together or separate? That would be my question. Uh, I believe they would have to be walked together. Oh, my goodness. That's easily 300 pounds dragging you across the sidewalk. You're not... Yeah, what do they weigh, 115 each or something yeah. like that? Yeah. That's like... Uh, You'd have to, it would have to be a two-person job. Absolutely. Gasket, Gunther, and Goliath. I wonder if Goliath is like, hey, boys, I got the cool name. Hey, Gasket. How's it going, Gasket? <laughs> have I mentioned my name's Goliath? Anyway, you can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, Brady Kachuk has his first NHL goal. Got that for Ottawa. They're in a 1-1 tie with Philadelphia after the first period. Late in the first, Golden Knights and Capitals are scoreless, and the Coyotes and Ducks will face off at 8. The Oilers play tomorrow against the Bruins. Here's how the lines looked at practice today. McDavid, Nuge, and Raddy, Dreisaitl, Lucic, Yamamoto. Then it was Kara, Kajula, and Pugliarvi, Strom, Reeder, and Cassian. And uh, so Kara at center with Chason and Brodziak, the extras at least for today. Uh, we will we'll see tomorrow. I mean, they could still come out with something different for the morning skate or even for the game. Clefbaum, Larson, Nurse, Russell, Garrison, and Benning. Bouchard, the uh, seventh defenseman today. I, again, that could change. I, I know on Twitter there was a, a storm of anger that Pugliarvi was on the fourth line. That's the way Jack listed them in his tweets. I, I would actually consider Kara, Kajula, and Pugliarvi the, the third line in that configuration. But uh, again, we'll uh, see tomorrow on the face-off show is going to start at 3.30. And Todd McClellan obviously looking for a lot of areas of improvement after game one. We weren't any good in our end, and I don't mean defending, I mean coming out of it. They were on top of us, we were a little bit slow, we didn't have uh, good board work. So as a result, anytime the puck was cleared, we didn't have possession or we weren't uh, together as a unit of five. Um, a lot of energy was expended. Uh, just to get pucks out of our zone and we were never on the attack so that was a disappointing part of the game um, you know we've we had some lapses uh, certainly in the second period that cost us uh, but fixable mistakes all right so that's head coach Todd McClellan and you can get more on the Oilers on 630ched.com more on their opponent Right now, from 98.5, the Sports Hub, former NHL defenseman, now a color analyst for Bruins broadcast, Bob Beers. Bob, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Well, doing very well. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Oilers and Boston going to play here the next two Thursdays, starting tomorrow in Boston. Uh, tough start to the season for the Oilers. They lost to New Jersey and Sweden on Saturday. Haven't played since. Uh, I, I know it was a week ago now, but... Uh, that was that was a bit of a tough start for the Bruins, eh? <laughs> Seven nothing. Not necessarily how you want to jump out of the gate. No, that's an understatement. It was ugly. Um, it was embarrassing. You know, you realize it's the Stanley Cup champs. It's their home opener, but um, you know, it didn't resemble anything that the Bruins kind of established last year. That you know, uh, you know, types of type of game that they wanted to play, hard to play against, do certain things in order to win hockey games, and it just none of it was uh, evident in that game and they acknowledge it they knew it they knew how poor that they played poorly that they played and fortunately they had a game the next night against buffalo and they were able to kind of redeem themselves a little bit with that game there is that the best thing i mean were you like that as a player that if you had a stinker did, did you want a few days of practice to get the kinks out or did you want a game as soon as possible 
<laughs> no, no, not as a player. I wanted to play the next day because if, if you had one of those games, it was a long couple of days in front of you from the coaching staff. It was a, a pretty good back skate in front of you if you had one of those games. So, no, no, you want to play the next day if you're a player. I think if you're a coach, and actually Bruce Cassie kind of acknowledged this, he said, uh, you know, I wish we had a couple more days to really practice. It's been a kind of a strange camp. I know Edmonton's had a strange camp as well, and, you know, they start their season over overseas. But, you know, the Bruins were uh, split up during camp. They had half the team over in China. They had half the team here. Uh, the majority of the veterans were over in, uh, over in China, but, you know, some of the guys that were coming off injuries were here. And then they got back, and then they tried to play a couple of games. It really didn't look that sharp to be honest with you. Uh, whether that had anything to do with it, I don't know, but um, they, ju- they just didn't look that sharp, and they, they showed that in, in the first game of the season. Since then, um, a, much, uh, a much better game against Buffalo. They played very well against the Sabres, and that was a 4 nothing win. And then they played Ottawa on, uh, over the weekend, and, and they, you know, it, it, was a, it was a win for them, and there were some good things to take out of it, but there were also some things that really need to be cleaned up if you're the Bruins and, and looking at their side of things. You know, the the Bruins obviously, and, and you know, I guess when when was it last year, like late November, early December, they really started to take off? Because I'm trying to think back. I don't think they started the season was, that great. You know, it was mid-November. Um, they had a bunch of injuries at the beginning of the year. Uh, Tuka Rask had, had struggled a little bit in the, in the middle of November there. And there was a time that actually the Bruins were on a West Coast swing. It was um, it was a Anaheim, L.A., you know, San Jose trip and California trip, and they they went to Anton Hudobin four games straight, uh, a couple on that trip and then a couple coming home, and he played very well, and it kind of got the Bruins going, and after that, they were they were really moving in the right direction. They started to get healthier. Rask played better. A lot of things started to come together, um, but they were about 500 mid-November last year before things really turned around for them. I know you're a little biased because you, you see them all the time, but I think it's a, a relevant question. Do the Bruins have the best line in hockey? Or if, if not, who's who's better? Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if they're not the best, they're they're right there. I mean, you know, Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, you know, they're just, they really read off each other really well. Um they, you know, they're on a tear right now. Uh, you know, the last couple of games, anyhow, the last two games. You know, so it's an early sample size, but they played very well. I think with with the Bruins, though, it's you know, there's some question of whether they should move Pasternak down on the line with David Krejci and try to you know spread things out a little bit. And Bruce Cassidy was asked that today. He said, "No, not a chance, just because that line's hot uh, over the last two games." But the next, you know, the next wave, the, the the second line, the third line, you know, um, they're not, especially the second line. It needs to be, it needs to be better. And there's some questions there, and where they go with their lineup. They've tried a few different things so far, just in the first three games and throughout training camp. And I think that they're going to continue to tinker with things here, you know, on those lines. I, I think that you know, Cassie was pretty clear he's going to keep the top line together. So beyond that, you know, what do they look like? And it's been a lot of moving parts, uh, you know, with all three lines behind them. Bob Beers joining us on Inside Sports from the Boston Bruins broadcast booth. Oilers and Bruins tomorrow here on 630 Chet. Zidane Chara was speaking to our Jack Michaels today, 
And he said that Connor McDavid probably could have got 80 points in the NHL as a 16-year-old, which was, you know, a, a nice, a nice compliment. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he would have got 80, but he probably still would have, would have stood out. But I mean, uh, you know, Char, Char to say that, and he was, he was very complimentary of, of the next generation of players and and how they're they're taking the game to, to new heights. And uh, you know, Char is one of those guys. He's, he's probably disliked by every other fan base in the NHL. NHL because he's been such a menace against every other team, uh, but he's probably pretty respected as well. And, and up over 1,400 uh, games, obviously a, a Stanley Cup. But I just thought it was his perspective on on McDavid and the future generation of players was was pretty neat coming from him. I, I think the future, me personally, I think the future is just phenomenal. I, I, I really enjoy watching some of these younger guys play. You know, we've got. Toronto in our division and, you know, how many young players they have. They're missing Nylander right now, but how many young, exciting players that they have right now. Um, you know, it just, it, it, and, you know, we only get to see Edmonton twice a year, but I look forward to those games because, you know, you want to see Connor McDavid play in person. You know, that's a, that's a treat for, for us as, you know, not only an announcer, but, uh, you know, broadcaster, but a fan, a fan of the game. And, I think that's where Chara is right now. You know, I mean, he's he's been there. He's done that. Uh, he's well-respected, you know, throughout his peers throughout the league. You know, maybe the fan base feels a little bit differently, but he is well-respected, and he has a pretty good perspective, and he's seen how the game has changed. He's had to change his game. You know, he can't, he can't lay a stick on a guy like he used to when he first came into the league. He can't, you know... Um, play the same type of way that he played when he first came in the league. His game has had to evolve, and he's not the fastest guy to begin with, so he's got to really rely on angles and stick position and his body position and his intelligence. And, you know, sometimes he's going to get beat, you know, with with speed uh, because he's flat-footed or whatever, but a lot of times, most times, you know, he knows how to handle it, and he's adjusted his game in order to handle it. Um, I, I just think it's a tribute to him um, and and the way that he's approached his training and the way that he's atro- uh, approached, you know, how to play the game. And, um, but he also appreciates what's coming. You know, he knows he's going to be here much longer. And, and, you know, he can be excited, too, as a fan of hockey, as a fan of the sport, and, you know, how exciting some of these young guys are. Well, a lot of talent going head-to-head tomorrow, Bob. Hopefully it's a good game. Thanks for making time for us on Chad. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Good stuff there from Bob Beers from the Bruins radio team. Brady Kachuk has scored again. Oh, and the Flyers come right back. 2-2 early in the second period in Ottawa. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Oilers play Boston tomorrow. Former Oilers goaltender Andy Moog on the show tonight between 7.30 and 8. That'll be fun to catch up with Andy. The U of A Golden Bears getting set to play Regina on Friday night in Canada West football action. The Golden Bears unexpectedly earned a win. 
prior to the Thanksgiving weekend, even though they didn't have a game. Their head coach, Chris Morris. Chris, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. How about you? Well, I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. Obviously, the, the Canada West football news here from the past week that uh, Regina got stripped of some victories for having an ineligible player, and now you guys go to play uh, Regina this weekend, and uh, you're right there now in the in the playoff race as well. Uh, give me a little bit about sort of, uh, you know, as, as a coach, seeing the, seeing the standing shuffle and, and getting a win on, on what was a bye week yeah you know it's 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 an interesting year this year like the last the last three weeks we've had leads in the fourth quarter we lost both those leads against manitoba but in, in ubc we actually hang, hung on to it if you look at regina and how they're playing and you know they've won a couple of games in the very last play of the game there's been a whole bunch of teams that have won or lost in the very last play like the, the parity in canada west is ridiculous this year so really, you know, you, I can say whatever I want about us getting that extra win or, or, or a team that lost those things. It's going to come down to the last three games and who plays well. And then honestly, getting to the playoffs, it really is just roll the dice. Somebody, whoever gets hot down the stretch here has got a real good chance to win Canada West this year. And, you know, I, we have as good a chance as anybody. Like, we've been playing really well. We've just got to keep improving like we have, and we'll see what happens. You know, Chris, obviously that one of the strengths of your teams for the last several years was Ed Ilnicki at running back, and I know you had a young guy, Jonathan Rosary, out of Harry Ainley, come through with a big game a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's obviously one of your younger guys. Tell us a little bit about him and uh, how you hope to see him grow here in the seasons to come. Yeah, you know, he, it, it's interesting because you can never replace Ed Ilnicki, right? He's just a fabulous leader, great player, all those things, but John does bring some things to the table that are that are very unique. Like John's a tough physical kid. He's he, you know he plays hard like Ed did, and he's he's a little bit niftier than Ed, and that he can make guys miss. You know he doesn't he doesn't get an automatic four or five yards per carry just on on sheer strength of will and physicality like Ed did. But he certainly has some other things that he does well for us, and he's going to turn into a complete backer here over his five years of eligibility, and he's already pretty good. So as we as we solidify our offensive line, which we've, you know we've had some injuries with that group, and you know we're playing with without two fifth year very very good guards. As those young guys sort of come together, and they really have come together over the last couple of weeks, Jonathan's going to play more and more of a factor, and he's going to be an exciting player to watch. You mentioned some of your close games, and you've had some fourth quarter disappointments, and then a success as well. How important is it to to have had that win where you were able to hang in there late? Because it seems to me, you know, those are the ones that can maybe really build confidence. Or when kids are in the the heat of that situation again, having had success in the past, can maybe calm them down a little bit. Yeah, I think it's it's a matter of just getting getting some mojo, right? And getting some confidence in what you're doing. Like it, it, it's okay to play people close, and our you know our, our demeanor as a team and our mindset as a team has been very very good. Everybody here, you know, we understand we're young. We understand we got a lot of young guys playing, and everybody's bought into just like let's just compete and see what happens. Let's just play every play, play every snap. But you know, ultimately, you want to win games, and that's getting that win kind of shows everybody it's not, it's not just man look at how close we were it's like look we can beat one of the top teams you know what i mean we can beat one of the teams that has one of the better quarterbacks in the country and one of the best teams in the country so it's you know for us it really is that stepping stone that confidence piece and for these young guys to really believe what we can do and for the vets to you know be reminded you know we got some pretty good players here and we're going to be okay Chris, a couple of weeks ago and i put this out on my twitter account as well there was a 
call against UBC where their receiver didn't catch the ball as he tumbled out of bounds, and it was ruled a catch. Uh, it was obviously a missed call. It got a lot of people talking. Uh, you know, I tr- I'm not trying to put a coach in a situation to to criticize officials because they have tough jobs. But, I mean, it was obviously a missed call. It wasn't a 50-50 call that didn't go your way. It was obviously missed. Was was something uh, said to you, an explanation, an apology, uh, you know, anything after something that obvious happens? No, nothing was said. You know, I know they missed the call. Obviously, you know, they, they missed. They, they were looking at the, kid, the kid's feet rather than the ball, apparently, is the, you know, is what, what most officials would probably say what was what happened there. And why it would have been missed. Um, it's unfortunate that all like there was a huddle of four or five guys, and they, nobody seemed to see. Like everybody in the stands was just losing their mind as to what the call was. But, you know, the, the, the officials are trying hard to get better. They, you know, they have in services, and I know they're doing lots to try to improve as an association and to, and to get things right. It's not a it's not a high paid job. It's not like it's a it's not like they're getting flown out for in services here and there. It's just you know. It's unfortunate that it happened because I know I know they're working hard and I know everybody's trying to work hard just like we are here trying to work hard to win games. They're working hard to play and call the best games they can. It's unfortunate that that incident kind of shines some light on on you know on a bad situation. It just was unfortunate that it happened and I'm sure it'll be better moving forward. All right, well, Chris, we wish you the best of the luck here going into Regina this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again as the season rolls along, buddy. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Reed. All right, that is Chris Morris ready to go for the U of A Golden Bears now with a record of 2-3, and three, fourth in Canada West football, and they are uh, at Regina on Friday, and Regina's record reduced to 0-5 because of the ineligible player. Tough situation. Uh, sounds like it was a clerical error. The player uh, in question had not been contributing to the team. You, you just kind of wonder. I mean, this seems to happen every couple of years in Canada West football if uh, something about that system or the enforcement needs to be fixed. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or FurnaceFamily.com. 7 o'clock news in studio with Edmonton Eskimos stats guru, Brian Desjardins. Great follow on Twitter and also Andy Moog all in the next hour of the show. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.